In a universe where life does not end at death, we explore the infinite possibilities forged by our very minds. Welcome to our Thadian Anthologies. Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the Arthadian Anthologies podcast, where I, MS Arthadian, dive into the ever-expanding universe I am developing and the deeper meaning behind it all. Keeping on track with our topic of higher entities, religions, and so on, this entry will focus solely on the larger pantheon found throughout the realms. We won't dive through every entity, as that could take up too much of our time. Instead, I will guide you through the separate pantheons of each realm and how their mythos presides over the cultural landscape across the realms. Before we begin, be sure to check out entry 4 of this podcast, as that episode pertains to the realms themselves, with them being at the pinnacle of the pantheon. To start, we will begin with the cosmos and the nebulae that preside over the many star systems birthed from them. There have been numerous times in which I've referred to the emergence of the core as convergence, and I may have even talked a little bit about the nebulae convergence, being that it is the timekeeper in entry 16 of this podcast. That is not to confuse the convergence with Votan, but it is how Grand Sage Illumin devised the core cycles. The nebulae convergence, however, is the place where the largest nebulae reside, said to be the birthplace of not just the great cosmic creatures, but the Beulah themselves. There are five nebulae within this zone of the outer cosmic membrane of the realms. This is not to say there aren't other nebulae forming throughout the core, but within this zone, the five nebulae are seen as higher entities. Where this comes from is a term that Beulans use called cosmic transference. If deemed great in their many millennium lifespans, a Beulah can ascend into one within the nebulae convergence, being omnipresent throughout their gaseous embodiment, and even giving rise to new creatures found throughout the core. It is said that the last Beulah chosen was the Algiras Nebula, approximately six millennia before the core reset, known to host kinetic orders that rival even the Majin Castell and the Plasmatic Knights. Beulans tend to circulate the spatial plane between celestial spheres, which makes transference an extremely rare occurrence, only when they fully embrace their cosmic ancestry will the gaseous entities be able to begin their path towards ascension. Next on the list of realms is the quantum realm. However, you may remember back in entry 13 and 14, the tale of Cerebral. Well, that entity is the one that is highlighted for those that focus on the subatomic reality that is the realms. Cerebral is seen as the embodiment of quantum energy, or as it is written in historical text, Quantumo. He is also said to be the all-father of Newgonian, as he was the one that created them in the first place. Now, in cycle 120, after the reset, Newgonians still believe in Cerebral, but opinions have changed on how they view his gifts. Due to this, a new dynasty has emerged along with a new order that follows the path, uh, the same path as the Sphore Infinite. But this one rings more true to those Newgonians preaching their intellectual superiority. Ascension in regards to a Nagonian, or one that worships the All-Father, only occurs through an enlightened focus. This is where the Seekers were correct, but since the reset, those values have been lost. 
and now the dimo cortex is growing. With the cosmic and quantum realm both holding the keys to the structure of reality, the other realms all focus on the deeper layers that are woven into the creatures and existence in general. First up is the realm of Evemore. In entry 4, I refer to her as the realm of emotions, but in actuality, the emotions provide the deeper senses and feelings when existing inside the core. This brings us to how sentience comes into being. To start, the best place for individuals researching the sentience phenomenon is on the Pillar of Moriot, from the Shorask Shaman that send people on trials into the dichotomy of their emotions. This process is what leads to emotional enlightenment. Most Reticon go through these trials in order to keep a level head, as the two layers expressed through every peerborn from Evemore is a difficult challenge to control. We all know when we are unable to control our emotions, it leaves us irrational and can lead to undesired outcomes. In Evemore, the higher entities are not necessarily physical beings, but they are the embodiments of the emotions that challenge our very psyche. It is referred to as the Dusk and Dawn. If you were to dive into the history of Evemore, the realm goes through these two stages much like a yin and yang. Life within Evemore must keep a healthy balance or it could fall into great despair. The Dusk refers to the negative emotions that if not disciplined, an individual can head down a dark path, usually leading toward death in many circumstances. To balance out the Dusk, you must bring in the positive emotions of the Dawn, but it is quite difficult to balance these two out. If you go too far with the positive emotions, it could lead to a naivety that falls prey to the desk once more. In the end, staying positive and accepting the negative has been a healthy arrangement for those seeking emotional enlightenment. Fourth on the list of realms is the Great Mother Phoenix. I recently spoke about the rebirth process in Entry 23, and how the inhabitants of this realm view the stars as the higher entities, granting rebirth to those who gaze upon their magnificence. Some of these phoenixes also take the form of planets, but those are seen as lesser. However, the true entities that spread throughout this realm are the ones that are chosen by the Archrectors of Frey Eros, in the habitat of Perchbound on the Nest. The Archrectors are said to be the eyes of Phoenix, and those they choose are given the Mother's Blessing. Between them are the travelers, who spread across the realms and seek for new stories to tell. The others are the champions, those who protect the freedoms of life and hold them sacred in their hearts. To the rectors, any creature can be chosen by Phoenix, even those who are not born in their realm. It is the great freedom of life that is having the mother's blessing upon you. Next up is the realm of Magenium. Now there is a lot to unpack in this realm as it is heavily influenced by the higher entities. In fact, I could spend an entire entry or even a few going into the deeper aspects of this realm's pantheon. But to break it down simply for you, there is a tablet known as the Quexigua that holds the religious text of Magenium and how the gods and goddesses came to be. In the beginning, there was the first cast by Magenium herself. She created the three omnipotent gens, the greatest of higher entities within her realm. These gens are each within their own planes, known as temporal shifts. During the first eras of Magenium, the gens did not coincide with one another. In fact, they knew nothing of each other. 
but Magenia molded them into what they would become. On one side there is course, the gen of order. From his temporal shift came massive regimes focusing on the deeper elements and working to control the chaos of life. On the other side there is Ravzon, the gen of chaos. From his temporal shift came the arcane arts that spread through Magenium from realms across the planar unity. There is so much chaos here that, well, it's hard to make sense of what is Magenium and what isn't. Then, in between all of it, there is Elek, the gen of divinity. From her temporal shift came the birth of the seven serenities. But once mortal kind evolved far enough, the shifts could not stay separated forever. Now there are a total of eight deities, three gens, and Magenium watching over all of them. That's also separated by the greater beings found in each domain of the gods. But I think I'll save the deeper aspects of this pantheon for another occasion. As for the opposing end of the realms, we come to Synchronous, or as you may know it, the realm of advancement. This is where technology surpasses its limitations. But the true higher entities that expanded from this realm are less prevalent. That's due to the war rage between them, nearly wiping them all out. If I were to have a favorite group of higher entities, it would have to be the architects of Synchronous. Their ingenuity gave rise to a cosmic code known as the Conduit, which is a mixture between spark, cosmic, and quantum energy. The architects were so beyond their capabilities that they were able to meld this coding throughout Synchronous, even long before the convergence occurred. This conduit allowed these beings to create the celestial supercomputers known as sync zones. They are more than just artificial worlds. They are the factories that gave rise to the sin frames and conscious transfer. The architects even decided to include virtual simulations for those who wished to pass on after they died sending their consciousness into alternate realities where they could be free, or even suffer, for those who they felt deserving. However, since the convergence and even the reset, the only true remnants found of these architects are the sink zones and the conduit that was left behind. Lastly, there is the realm of power, better known as Votonic. You've gotten a bit here and there about this realm in the Guardian Order. However, the hierarchy in this realm has extended across the seven realms, as the entities of power are no exaggeration. To start, there are the many deities of the divisions. Most come from the ancient Votanists that were cleansed of the void long before the convergence. Others come from legends that extended throughout the multiverse that is Votonic, and even beyond from the planar unity. In fact, the void is considered to be one of those deities. But beyond them begins the Guardian Order. These are exactly as I explained in Entry 23. They are ascended mortals chosen by the current Supreme Guardian in order to watch over the many divisions throughout Photonic. And so, for the Supreme Guardians, well, they are powerful entities beyond some of the others I have spoken about. Just to list them out, the current one is the Supreme Guardian of Matter, Aris. He is powerful enough to shape material constructs to his will, but he is still young, young enough to not have mastered his abilities completely. Before Aris was the supreme guardian of emotion, apathy, 
She lived in a time to witness the first and second Supreme Guardians take their mantles off and bestow it unto her. She also rose beyond the Supreme Guardians, eventually becoming a realm herself outside of the core, but her influence still remains. The second was the Supreme Guardian of Creation, Zenito. His powers are similar to that of Aris, but even greater as he could create from nothing. However, it is said he sacrificed himself to deal a massive blow to the void, causing it to have a weakened state from its previous reign. And first, and last, the Supreme Guardian of Time, Votan. It is said he will never die because he is always living. Having mastered time so fully, he knows of all his deaths, and chooses to stay eternally locked to life's vigor. In the end, the realms expand themselves through not just space, but through the entities that their cultures worship, just like that of Earth and most likely other intelligent species spread across the stars. The spiritual beliefs that are sacred to a people is what breeds growth. Whether that growth is through conflict or peace, that's up for them to decide. I thank you for listening to this entry. Next week, I'll be entering into a passionate subject of mine and one that was touched on entry three of this podcast, Core Philosophy. Religion and philosophy are somewhat intertwined. Therefore, I think it would be fun to dive into philosophers of the core. Once again, if you'd like to support my work, there are many ways you can donate. You can receive exclusive content through subscribestar.com slash reborninpower. That's reborn-in-power. You can also support this podcast through Anchor. There should be a link on Spotify or whatever podcasting app you use. But in the end, you can find all these ways to support my work through ArthenianAnthologies.com. And please share this with your friends who are looking for new ways to entertain themselves and immerse themselves. Until then, thank you again for your support. Be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, may you be reborn in power. <laughs>